Stay tuned for the golden days of radio in just one moment. Are you considered one of those blokes who gets his kicks from practical jokes? Like pulling chairs from under folks? Make up your mind. If you enjoy such stupid tricks, you may end up in quite a fix. Because gags and broken bones don't mix. Make up your mind. Hello, this is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. with a word about your name and rank. What's in a name? If you are named Edward, you have a promising future in the military service since your name means guardian of property. And speaking of names, if you're a corporal, it means that you're capable of taking command of a small body of troops. In fact, the Latin word for body is corpo, from which the Italians originated corporale, which we call corporal. What's in a name? Plenty. Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we're featuring Jack Benny, Dennis Day, Mary Livingston, Fred Allen, a segment from the popular serial Vic and Sade, plus some of radio's funnier moments, and our special in-person guest, Marty Halpern. You know, it's always a thrill to have an in-person guest on the golden days of radio, and the fellow we have with us on this program is quite a collector. His name is Marty Halpern, and Marty, welcome to the golden days of radio. Thank you, Frank. Marty, you've been a collector for 10 years or 15 years or something like well, that? Well, I don't think there was any day when I really started. Uh, I've been a recording engineer for roughly 24 years, and as most of us do, we collect our favorite things, and mm -hmm. just sort of mushroomed from there. Uh -huh. How many, how many uh, radio shows do you have in your collection? Oh, that's hard to say. I, have, I know in terms of discs, I have about uh, 3,000 transcriptions, and in terms of tapes, something around 600 hours. Have you, ever, have you listened to them all? Truthfully, no. I mean, with my collection, I figure it will take me about 200 years just to listen to every program once. I know exactly and, what you mean. <laughs> you're also involved with the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters in Hollywood. Right. As, uh, as I am. And uh, why don't you tell the, the listeners a little bit about that? Well, it's a group made up of people who have been in some field of radio broadcasting for at least 20 years and TV for at least 15 years. And it really started out as a, as a social group. We now have over 800 members, and I would say most of them, well, a good number of them, are names that, that you've heard for many years in radio. And, uh, and television, too. Oh, yes. A, yes. a lot of the famous radio programs switched to, to TV. That's right. All right, you brought along uh, a potpourri of some of the great things that you've collected over the years, and we're going to listen to each and every one of them. Now, first of all, you're going to play something by Jack Benny. What is this uh, excerpt? Well... I always liked Benny, but uh, the one thing I liked about Benny was that he always surrounded himself with a great cast. And uh, in this one, we have Jack Benny, Dennis Day, and one of my favorites, who died just a few years ago, Verna Felton. She was always the bombastic lady. In this one, she took the part of Dennis Day's mother and was always standing up to Jack Benny in favor of, of her so-called son, Dennis Day. And in this one, you'll see exactly what happens here. Now, this is an excerpt from 1943. 1943, yes. From the Jack Benny program. And very good, Dennis. That song was beautiful, and you were an excellent voice. Thanks, Mr. Benny. I really mean it. 
Every week you sing better and better. Then why don't you give him a ring? <laughs> huh? What? You heard what I said. Oh, yes, yes. I, I'm sorry, madam. No, uh, no autographs today. <clears throat> <laughs> and, um... <clears throat> And now, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, Mr. Benny. What, Dennis? Guess who's sitting in the front row? I know, I know, I heard her. She wants to talk to you after the show. I know she does. Now go sit down. And... It's about my salary. Dennis, go over and sit down. Stop now, pushing him! I'm not pushing him! <laughs> and anyway, Mrs. Day, you're not supposed to talk while the program's going on. My boy just sang, didn't he? Yes. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the program's over. <laughs> All the nerves. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, shut up! Mrs. Day, please. Now, I'm, I'm trying to make these people laugh. Then why don't you tell them what you're paying Dennis? <laughs> now, Mrs. Day, if you don't stop... Let her talk! Let her talk! Speech! Speech! <laughs> well, I'll be... Ladies and gentlemen, you should know what this Waukegan weasel is paying my boy. <laughs> Mrs. Day, there's a program going on. He pays Dennis $35 a week. Oh. And because his song only takes two minutes, he tells my boy he's making $17.50 a minute. Which that... Mrs. Day, you're not allowed to stand up on the seats. <laughs> and besides, this audience came here to see a show. $17.50 a minute, which that chiseler says amounts to $186,000 a week. Now, please, Mrs. Day. $186,000 a week. And my boy is dope enough to believe it. Back telling him, Mom. <laughs> now, Dennis, you stay out of this. And I, I hate to say it, kid, but I'll have to find some way to keep your mother quiet. If you do, my father'll be interested. <laughs> I wouldn't be a bit surprised. My father wears earmuffs, even in the summer. <laughs> You're telling me. Dennis, that'll be enough out of you. Now look, Mrs. Day, this has gone far enough. You have no right to come here, sit in the audience, and embarrass me in front of all these people. After all, I'm paying Dennis a fair salary. Hear that, folks? A fair salary. Why, I can't even afford to play gin rummy anymore. <laughs> Mrs. Day, we're on the air. We've got a program to do. Oh, Usher, Usher. Yes, Mr. Benny? Will you please show this lady out of the studio? Okay, come on, lady, come on. Usher, if you lay a hand on me, I'll punch you right in the nose. <laughs> You hit a man in uniform? <laughs> well, how do you like that? Imagine the usher being afraid of her. 
That's a funny bit. Jack Benny was always hysterical. He was. And still is on, on television once in a while when we're lucky enough to see him. He was also good with, uh, with Fred Allen, and I know we've got a Fred Allen clip coming up with Jack Benny. Yes, in fact, their feud, which really wasn't a feud, started in 36, I think it was, and it uh, just mushroomed from there. Mm-hmm. This spot that's coming up, in 1945, uh, Fred Allen was off the air. He wasn't as lucky as, as Benny, who stayed on almost all the time, but he was off the air for a year, and he appeared as guests on various shows in, in very strange ways. On this one, you'll see he comes on to read the Lucky Strike spot on the Benny show, and this, as I say, was in 1945. All right, here's Jack Benny and Fred Allen. Denny? Come in. Uh, hello, everybody. Good evening, Mr. Benny. Why, Fred! Fred Allen, how are you? Well, I haven't time to bandy pleasantries, Mr. Benny. This really isn't a social call. I'm, uh, I'm here on business. Business? Yes. Your uh, sponsor hired me to read the commercial. <laughs> oh, so you're the guy. But, Fred, I thought radio was through with... I mean, you were through with radio. <laughs> well, I haven't got my own program anymore... But uh, I do odd jobs, a commercial here, a sound effect there, an occasional sob on John's other wife. <laughs> and uh, by that, you manage to eke out a living? If it doesn't make you too unhappy, yes. <laughs> hmm. Uh, and here I am tonight slumming on your show. Couldn't slumming you made that for moment? your information, Alan. My program is right up on top. On top? Listen, Benny, your program is so low, gravity will have nothing to do with it. <laughs> and your... Pro... <laughs> you won't find it in there. I called in a little writer who was going by on the street. <laughs> Furthermore, yes. furthermore, he gave me this in case the other one didn't go. <laughs> furthermore, your program is so, so full of corn, its rating goes up and down with the grain market. That's the one we gave you. I mean. yeah. And another thing, I don't believe Mary Livingston is sick tonight at all. You just made her stay home so you'd be sure of one listener. <laughs> All right, all right. Look, you came here to read a commercial, so do it and get out of here. Oh, Mr. Benny, you're losing your temper. <laughs> I am not losing my temper. Well, your forehead is getting red right up to the roots of your toupee. <laughs> Listen, Alan, I don't know why my sponsor had to send you over. Doesn't he know that I pay Don Wilson a big salary to read the commercial? Can't Wilson read it? Well, yes, but your sponsor feels that with the local butchers on strike, it isn't safe for all of that beef to linger too long in one spot. Well, then, all right, read the commercial and get out of here. All right, well, now, you just step aside, Mr. Benny. I use big words and make gestures. I need a lot of room. Would you step back from the microphone? Go ahead. Thank you. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, click, 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 click. Wait a minute. Wait. Are you doing a commercial or do you have lower plate wobble? 
nice to get one in myself here once in a while. Now, quiet, quiet, please, Mr. Benny. This may be my big opportunity. Click, click. Click, click, click. Yes, sir. Sure thing. That's right. Oh, boy. Wahoo! What diction. So round, so firm. And like Mr. Benny's wallet, so fully packed. Now, look. But oh, T2. Now, don't stop me, Jack. Up to now, this is the cleverest dialogue on your show. Fred, Fred, where are you going? Fred, look out for those steps! Fred! Fred, are you hurt? Fred, say something! Sold America! It's a funny bit. You know, I, I think Benny, more than any other comedian, made sight gags, uh, audible gags. That's right, he did. Uh, and as a matter of fact, when they tried to do those on the television shows, it never worked out. Mm. Because you, you could see it much better in, in your own mind than when you actually saw it. Well, radio is that way, isn't it? Theater of the mind. We all hate television That's anyway. right. <laughs> there was another program that was on the air. Oh, it, I guess it went on in the early 30s yes. in Chicago. Right. And it was Vic and Sade. And that's a favorite of everybody's. That's right. It's, it's rather amazing. It's a favorite not only of the listeners, but a favorite of those who are in radio. And mm -hmm. what amazes me now is uh, talking to people, just people who remember the show, and the instant recall they have of incidents and, and characters is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Well, now, this, this program involves Vic and Sade uh, cleaning the attic, doesn't it? That's right. Now, there are only four characters on this, this uh, on all of the Vic and Sade shows. There was Vic, the father, Sade, the mother, Rush, the son and Uncle Fletcher. Now, this one just features Vic, pardon me, just uh, Sade, Rush, and Uncle Fletcher. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're just going to hear the, the, the end of this spot, but like most kids, uh, Sade tried to get Rush to help clean out the attic, and in the course of this thing, Uncle Fletcher shows up, and Uncle Fletcher's the type of man that has a one-track mind. No matter what you say, he keeps talking about one certain thing. And uh, it's a rather cute spot, as we'll now hear. All right, it's Vic and Sade from 1942. Now, look, mister, maybe we can still get something accomplished. I'll send Uncle Fletcher down on the trunk out of our road. You won't want to stay in this hot, sticky, dusty place more than five minutes, and then we can go Bumped ahead. Bumped into your sidekick, little two Johnson outside, Rush. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. You stand out in the yard, and I... By George, it's dark. Yes, Uncle Fletcher. I just imagine you won't want to stay. We're straightening around up here, and we're anxious to get done. Fella gets kind of a sticky sensation. That's because it's so close and airless. Fine. <clears throat> Sadie, I saw Ted stub on him a while ago also. Fred, Willie, you needn't stand there. Have you picked up one single thing yet? No, I'm still peeling off my shirt. Oh, well, honestly. Well, sure. Yes, I saw old Ted Stembottom. Fred Stembottom. That's what I say. I jollied him. Ted and I jolly back and forth all the time. Ted, I said, you ought to be arrested for ordering this weather. Ted laughed. The weather man's a scoundrel, he says. I believe the next time I see him, I'll punch him in the nose. I give old Ted back as good as he said. Ted, I said, looking serious and not looking on. They say there's going to be a law passed forbidding everybody Uncle to Fletcher, wear their overshoes you... unless the temperature is 40 below zero. <laughs> Furthermore, Ted, I said, I noticed... Uncle like, Fletcher. You heard this joke, have you seen? No, I was just going to suggest that maybe you'd like to sit down on the trunk there. 
Glorious. That way, Russian, I can go ahead with our work. Yes. Now, stop the stalling you. We've been here almost half an hour, and what have we done? Absolutely nothing. It stood for about all the nonsense I'm going to stand for. Uh-oh. Goodness, Uncle Fletcher. I fell down. You didn't hurt yourself. Sure, I hurt myself. I think I fell down for fun. What'd you trip over? Numbskull popcorn popper. You didn't pick up that popcorn popper. I started to, but you attracted my attention by giving a speech about all the stuff you wanted me to do and in Stop order to listen. Up I... now. Uncle Fletcher might have killed himself. Yes. Didn't come any closer to killing himself than I did. Pick up that popcorn popper, not another word. Mm. Sadie, do you remember Irma Focassi, there in Belvedere? No. Moved to Dubuque, Missouri, married a man 36 years old, and later died. No. Rush, I've warned you. I'm that... picking up stuff. I got my arms full of stuff I've picked up. Well, keep right on. No more dawdling. Uh-huh. Rush, this Irma Flo Kessie, that was such a great friend of your mother's there in Belvedere, used to have a little habit of slapping her husband's face in public. She was a peevish woman, see? Least little thing make her my head. <laughs> going, Rush? Uncle Fletcher's talking to me. You can listen and work. How's that? Nothing. Uh-huh. Well, sir, Rush, Irma Flo Cassie's husband would say, I believe it's going to rain, Irma Flo. Irma Flo would turn and hit him upside the jaw. Her husband's statement was going to rain rubbed her the wrong way, understand? Or maybe at the dinner table he'd say, Please pass the pepper, Irma Flo. Irma Flo would smack him for that. Half-wit husband got so every time he opened his mouth, he'd hide his face in his arms so his wife... Oh, my gracious sakes alive. He slipped off the trunk. Hurt yourself, Uncle Fletcher? Sure. Well, how'd you happen to fall off the trunk? It slipped me. Slid off. I give up, Rush. Huh? I give up. You mean? We're going downstairs. Oh? Come on, Uncle Fletcher. We're all going downstairs. Fine. Step along, everybody. Attic looks much better than how you've cleaned it up. Yes, doesn't it? Rush makes a nice helper for you. Makes a glorious helper. Which way are you headed, Uncle Fletcher? Oh, up the alley, I guess. Towards Tatman's vacant lot? Uh-huh. I'll go with you. Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block. Those were great shows. You know, one thing about radio, the early radio shows, they were all live. That's right. And if you made a mistake, if you uh, if you blew a line or fluffed or whatever, that was it. The whole country heard it. Mm-hmm. And I know you brought some of those things along now. Now, the first one involves, uh, again, Jack Benny. And Mary, yes. And Mary uh, Livingston. They go into a restaurant to order something to eat, and it'd be self-explanatory here. All right, here we go. Jack, let's stop in the drugstore for a snack. Well, look, Mary, it's only 5 o'clock. If you'll wait till later, I'll take you out and buy you a full-course dinner. I'm no gambler. I'll take a sandwich now. (laughs) All right, all right. Come on. Here, two seats, Jack. Oh, yes. What are you going to have, Mary? Oh, I don't know. Oh, here's something that looks good. A Dunker Special. A Dunker Special? What's that? Coffee, donuts, and a rubber glove. Fifteen cents. Nah, don't get that. I had it last time. The glove had a hole in it. <laughs> what are you going to have? Gee, I don't know. A oh, waiter. Waiter. Yes. <laughs> oh, him again. Now, let's see. Uh, uh, waiter, I'll have a chest sweet Sam. <laughs> Kiss we sandwich. Waiter. Oh, 
I'll have a Swiss cheese sandwich. <laughs> yes, ma'am. One Swiss cheese sandwich. One Swiss cheese. Goldie, oldie. Well, I see Mr. Kitzel is still working here. That became a running gag on The Benny Show, didn't it? Yes, and he did this with a number of other gags that happened, too. Now, there were a lot of other breakups. The the next one is with Chet Huntley and and some other people. Right, right? and uh, not only breakups, but also uh, the way that spots were read, they were sort of misinterpreted, Uh as you'll hear here. Winston Churchill has celebrated his 84th birthday. He ate a 30-pound birthday cake along with his children and his grandchildren. Herder of the United States... Andre Gromyko of the Soviet Union, Selwyn Lloyd of Britain, and Maurice Cabide, Cabu de Murville of France. Thanks to Thomas Patton, president of Republic Steel Corporation, who's spokesman for the 12 steel, uh, steel companies now negotiating, the members of the panel for stimulating an enlightening half hour. Well, one of the new products on display recently, recently at the Atom Fair in Cleveland. Uh, let's start all over again. Imagine the hatch of a great rocket ship, rocket ship swings open. A man steps out. <laughs> That's funny. You've got one more, too, with Paul Harvey. Yes, now, Paul Harvey is a, is a news commentator, and he always has a little cute item that he'll say towards the end. And in this one, he says a little item that strikes his announcer funny, and the announcer is to read a public service spot on the dangers of uh, highway accidents. But mm-hmm. it doesn't quite come out that way, as you'll hear. All right, we'll hear it in a second. Uh, meanwhile, Marty, I want to thank you for joining me today. I've enjoyed it very much. And uh, invite you back again with some more of your uh, clips and excerpts. I'd like to do it. We'll do it again sometime. Right. You have enough material to keep this show going a long time. Maybe this way I'll get to hear some of it. <laughs> right. Marty Halpern, thank you. And now here's Paul Harvey. Colonel trying to cheer itself up reports on the lady who was shopping for a frilly nightgown as a birthday present for her pet poodle. They didn't have any, but the store clerk said, if you'll measure the dog, we'll have one made. And the lady said, oh, I couldn't do that. I want it to be a surprise. Page two. <laughs> One of the, <laughs> one of the most spectacular kinds of automobile accidents <laughs> is the one in which a car not only gets banged up <laughs> but bursts into flames. What makes it really horrible is the idea that a driver and his passengers, stunned by the accident, may be trapped inside the burning car. The National Safety Council says that, fortunately for most of us, this type of spectacular smash-up is very rare. <laughs> only one driver. <laughs> Good night, Mother. <laughs> uh, the thing that stuns people inside a car... <laughs> well, someday it just doesn't make it up. <laughs> uh, <coughs> Time now, once again, for Paul Harvey News. <laughs> and what more can I say than Paul Harvey... Good day. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour and my in-person guest, Marty Halpern. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.